Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fresh Off the Set. I'm Sarah Jenkins. And I'm Laura Murray. And today we are talking about a really important topic, mm-hmm. women's equality here in Utah. Yeah, it is such, I mean, and we we use that phrase a lot, an important topic, but this truly is something that I think, you know, obviously affects every woman here in Utah. We are talking about it today, getting into the facts, yes, talking ab- about all of that. And, you know, recently, as in for the last five years, Utah has been ranked the worst state for women's equality. This is according to a study done by Wallet Hub. And every single year they rank these states. And it's a little disheartening to hear that for the past five years we've been ranking that bad. Absolutely. So um, in 2021, um, there's a Utah State um, University professor. Her name is Susan Madsen, um, which Carrie talked to. She released um, a white paper addressing women's equality in Utah. Um, and she talks about some statistics that contribute to Utah really low ranking that keeps happening year after year. So for example, women earned 25.5% less than men <sighs> Just when we're talking about salary. That. Right. It's so disheartening. And then 18.9% of men earning 100000 or more um, to that number, only 5.9% of women are earning 100000 or more. It's just really disappointing. And I mean, and this one, this is another stat that really, you know, kind of hits home why this is such a problem. And then you know, why we should be aware of it, is men owned about 60% of businesses while women owned only 15% of businesses. And I think it's important to really delve into the why of this because mm-hmm. women, we are big proponents mm-hmm. of we are fully capable and I think that we can take on the world. So I love kind of delving into this and figuring out how we can shift this right here in Utah. Um, and Carrie, again, spoke to Susan Madsen and she started the Utah Women Leadership Project, which really that's what it's all about. It helps combat this problem right here in Utah. So Alora, I say let's take a listen. Let's do it. I am so excited to be talking with Dr. Susan Madsen today. She is the founder and director of the Utah Women Leadership Project and an inaugural Karen Huntsman Endowed Professor of Leadership at Utah State University. Welcome, Dr. Madsen. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for the invitation. I look forward to the chat. Of course, we do too. Okay, tell us a little more about what you teach at Utah State University. So at Utah State, I am a professor in the John M. Huntsman School of Business, and I teach leadership. So actually, um, I this semester, I'm doing a shortened version of a women's leadership development course, so specifically for young women in the Huntsman School. And then I also teach just uh, leadership, um, foundations of leadership and some different things for the students there as well. So, right, I used to teach business ethics and a few other things, but I'm really focusing on leadership, which I love. A very busy woman. Thank you for all you are doing. This is awesome. (laughs) Thank you. So you founded the Utah Women in Leadership Project. What inspired you to start this specific project? So I was just saying today, as I was talking to someone, I have been leading a temporary project for 14 years now. Um, So we, uh, in 2009, I was asked by the commissioner of, even before that, a little bit before that, was asked by the commissioner of higher education and also the governor's education excellence committee to do some research on why more women were not going to to college and graduating. And so I had done some writing and some books on women's leadership and how important college was for women to develop their voices and their confidence. And so I took on that year 
a big project and, and traveled around the state and really tried to understand women's experiences and their decisions to go to college and graduate or not graduate. And so that's really what got me going down this path of the Utah Women in Leadership Project is starting to engage in research, but then also really I'm a change agent. And so I, I have a background, I've studied change. And so research can, can often be linked to the start of some really important change. And so that's what got me going. I thought it was a one-year project. And then I said, well, it's, it's big, so two years. And then people started asking me for data <laughs> and this and that. And, and here we are in 2023. 2023. We're, yeah, we're still going. And there's still such a need for it even more than ever before. Absolutely. And you said change agent. Did I hear you say that correctly? Yeah, a agent. Yeah, change agent. I, I've studied change, but I'm, I'm a change person. I just move forward, like to see change, push people to change. Um, and, you know, we have a lot of changes that we need in, our, in Utah for girls and women. Sure. I like that change agent. That's really good. Change can be good yeah. most times. Um, how have you seen a lack in support for women and girls in business and leadership? Where, where have you seen a lack? Well, um, actually, there's a lot of lack of support, honestly. Um, and so we, I, I mean, in general, when you look at what's happening to girls and women in the state, uh, we do research on so many topics. And what we know is we're above the national average on things like domestic violence and sexual assault and child sexual abuse and some of those things. But we're also in terms of business and politics and other areas, when you look at the representation of women, that means, you know, in mid-career, mid but also in top leadership teams, the C-suite on corporate boards, across the United States, you know, there's more men than women. But in Utah, we really are have exaggerated. Uh, that means anything that you see trends across the United States in Utah, it's worse. Like the wage gap, everybody has it in the United States, but in Utah, it's worse. Mm -hmm. The representation of women in business, you know, leadership positions is significantly lower than even other states in the nation. And so those are kinds of things that we study. But but that lack of support, um, we see, you know, just even small things with the reported um, what women report in Utah Across the nation, there's less women who have sponsors or mentors. We see that even more in the state of Utah. So I do think that that we're shifting even just in the last year, year maybe two, but more the last year, we're seeing more support coming from companies and organizations, particularly Good. because of the talent shortage. So when you have a talent shortage and you're a business, you need to find ways to actually recruit and retain employees. And so that's a motivating factor for some businesses to really start thinking about family-friendly practices. And, and women, it shouldn't be this way, but women need that more than men because women tend to have more of the unpaid care work and, and what we call the emotional load. And so, um, you know, those... We're moving super slow, though. A lot of us are doing lots of groups that I work with are doing lots of different things and, and training and, and research and so forth. Um, so we're seeing the needle move slightly, but there's much more work to be done. 
Slightly, slightly. Okay. And yeah. this is why you founded the Utah Women in Leadership Project because yes. we needed that. Now let's talk a little bit more about the success of that project. How have you seen it change people's lives? I love that because, you know, we do, you know, we have a listserv, a newsletter that goes to about 30,000 people in the state of month. So we work with lots of people. We present, we speak to lots and lots of people. But my favorite, favorite thing is, you know, when I, someone tells me or I hear a story or someone emails me that said, you know, we, I read your report or, or I heard you speak or one of my staff speak or something. And, and they talked about how important education is. And I mean, I've, I've had emails where, where people have said, you know, I'm a single mom with two kids. And, and then I started college I remember one specific one said, I just wanted to tell you that that I have finished college. It's taken me three years and I'm starting a master's degree um, next fall. Wow. And and it and, you know, I'm more confident now. I, I know I'm smart. I didn't know that um, this particular woman went through some a lot of domestic violence and abuse. So she she was feeling like she was basically worthless which is just heartbreaking. Right. right. Um, and then all of it, you know, when education especially is such a key, it's just such a key to the thriving in life. And, um, and so I do know that the work has, has made a big difference and I love hearing those stories in people's lives. Oh, absolutely. You're doing the good work, Dr. Madsen. That's amazing. Oh, um, thank you. And what events do you host for this project? So we have done some events through the years, and we love that. We've done more in recent years um, in terms, especially this past year, in terms of partnered events. Um, And that's what we're going to be doing actually more and more moving forward. For instance, in November, we had a partnered event with the Policy Project, which does lots of great work. One of their projects was the Period Project. Yes. Yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah. Yeah, we did a partnered event called Biases, Barriers, and Barricades for Utah Women, a solutions-based workshop. So we had presentations, but and that was fun because it was in person. But we've done many Zoom events. We have some on uh, finance for women. Um, we co-hosted another event in the fall with Sapria and also the Malou Foundation, specifically on affecting social change for child sexual abuse. But through the late years and the last few years, we've had I've had authors, global and national authors um, of books come in and and uh, on Zoom. It's easier on Zoom and do those kinds of uh, events. And we've had workshops or panels on Utah women of color and um, a workshop last year on a, building emotional resilience in girls and young women, really for parents and educators. And so we tend to do pretty meaty, not not a lot of fluff, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but we tend to do some really meaty topics that, and, and more and more as we look forward, um, that's what I'm leaning towards um, because we need some serious change in the state of Utah in terms of supporting our girls and women so that we can really um, see them thrive in better ways. And so, so uh, I'm being really ac- even extra thoughtful moving forward about what kinds of events can help really move that needle in, in ways that people need to, to hear and listen. But 
I would, I'm loving, you know, the conversations with other groups so that we, because sometimes there's so many events out there to get to. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to duplicate and do things that other groups can do. We want to elevate what they're doing and, and partner as much as possible. So that's a little bit of a shift for us, but that's the, the direction we're headed. Sure. Well, I mean, I think it's important to once you're in person, you know, to be together, to feed off each other's energy and support each other. There's something to be said about just being in the same room. It is so, yes, 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 uh, so important. And it feels good. I mean, it's nice to be able to do Zoom. But then if you're listening into a Zoom, you know, you multitask and do email and different things. And so your learning is really distracted. You can hear things but you can't get into that zone of what I call transformational learning very right. well, like that can really change how you think and how you feel and what you want to do. So there's pros and cons. I think moving forward, we'll do a mix like most people. Awesome. Awesome. Well, and this may seem like an obvious question, but why do you believe education is so important for women to pursue? Oh, that is a great question. When you look at the research, and we've written a lot through the years on this and have some great hand, handouts on our website, the Utah Women in Leadership Project, but I started 14 years ago really doing research on education, and what we found is you look at hundreds, and, and now there's thousands of studies out there on the benefits of education, and some people today kind of say, well, it's not worth it for this or that, or I'm still getting a good you know, my money's worth, but it's not all about an important piece is finances and economics, right? And and there's absolutely a link to your education level. The more education, the more money you make. And that's important, but that's, it's not all about that. Actually, there's so many uh, research studies to talk about even the parenting benefits. I mean, there's all kinds of parenting benefits. The more educated you are, for instance, the more likely you are to read to your kids, to prepare your kids for math at younger ages. Um, so they're prepared when they get into the school system. Um, that you tend to, if they have more educated mothers and fathers, you tend to make more nutritious meals and so forth. And then there's such a, connect, uh, a connection between more education and people who are more educated in society tend to donate more blood, tend to vote more, tend to really engage in society more. And um, just your critical thinking and the way you analyze things, all of that is is amplified when you go to college. And and in Utah, often women through the generations have been taught, well, if you're going to stay at home, you really don't need a college education. Well, actually, you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you, it really benefits you in so many ways to, as you mother or, or participate in so many things, whether you're paid for that work. And as you know well, women often are not, you know, there's a whole set of unpaid care work that we do for our children and elder care and all kinds of things that still, um, you know, we're benefited by going to to college and having those benefits. So, man, there's a lot of um, research, even health and well-being. Guess what? People that have a bachelor's degree and higher tend to live longer lives. Did you know that? I did not know that. (laughs) (laughs) The one that always makes me smile a little bit is there was a study out of, I think it was Stanford years ago, that said that um, men who have educated wives 
tend to live longer. Wow. <laughs> so is that We keep them on their toes, huh? I guess so. <laughs> but, you know, that the, we do know from so much research that people that tend to go to college and, and again, a lot of the benefits hit, that are published hit at that bachelor's degree level end up being really better lifelong learners. That means you just learn from things throughout your life. So, so there's just endless benefits. And what I love as a college teacher is when I have women and men, I should say, in my classes who came back later and they have this, they're sharp people already, you know, they've had, had all these great experiences, but they come back and they learn so much more than my younger students because they have life experiences mm -hmm. and they can connect more. But I love older students too. So I'm just saying, if you didn't get your degree when you're younger, you can go, <laughs> go back full-time later, but you can start even moms with young kids. Um, you know, you can take a class in the evening. You could take it online. You can, you know, there's ways to continue our education. It all helps. Sure, sure. Very important to pursue education. You laid out so many reasons for us. Thank you so much. That was very interesting. And um, speaking of studies, you touched on that a little bit. Utah has been ranked as the worst state, unfortunately, for women's equality. What do you have to say about that? Oh, my gosh. I could say so much <laughs> about this. And, you know, Zions Bank did a, a commissioned a report in, that was released in December of 2021, so just a, a little over a year ago, that had us really dig deep into the 17 metrics that WalletHub bases that on. And so I, I'll tell you that, that when we went back to the original sources and reran all the data and then compared, did our own comparison with the other states, we ranked last. <laughs> Mm. And so some of the metrics that we don't love, but many of them are just reality and we need to change things. And, and so, for instance, we have the widest by far gap in the nation between men and women getting graduate degrees. So that's, that impacts lots of things in life. And, and so that, that we're, we lose so many points on this wallet hub because of that. We also have, have a, this year we actually, uh, with the wage gap, Last year, I used to joke because we were not the bottom, but uh, Wyoming was always worse than us through the years in the wage gap. And I used to joke about that. And then this year, we're at the bottom. So that means we have the widest pay gap between men and women. And a lot of people in Utah really just like shove that aside. Oh, that's not really a myth or women's shoes. But when we parse it all out, you know, there's some pure, you, you have to be careful with that, but there's some pure discrimination in there. Sure. So we have, you know, there's, there's um, things like even the math scores. So in eighth grade, Utah ranks 43rd in the nation between the scores that eighth grade boys get on math versus eighth grade girls get on math. Wow. And people may say, well, that's not a big deal. It's actually a huge deal. Yeah. There are states with no gap. There are some countries with no gap. That means it's socialized. And when you at eighth grade already have girls feeling they're not supposed to be good at math and don't try or don't give the opportunities, that impacts the rest of your life. That impacts how you feel about money. Do you have confidence in money? That impacts whether you go into STEM fields or not. And STEM fields are most of the 
the most high paying fields. So there's many metrics. They, they really, that equality has a, a bunch of them that are workforce and then some of them that are health and education. And then the last chunk are women in politics. And as you can probably guess, we, we rank and more religious societies in general rank low in the percentage of women versus, you know, the percentage of women who serve in especially state local, but, but state legislatures and, and Congress and so forth. And as you know, there are six seats in Congress um, and we have zero of them that are women. Mm -hmm. And all of those things impact public policy, impact um, equality in many ways. Absolutely. Well, this has definitely been eye-opening, and I, I just want to thank you for all you're doing to change equality here in Utah for women and founding the Utah Women and Leadership Project. You're doing amazing things. If we want to follow you for events and maybe, you know, to help somehow, where do we follow you, Dr. Madsen? That is a great question. So the Utah Women and Leadership Project, you can find our work at utwomen.org. So really easy, utwomen.org, and that'll take you to our homepage. And just take a little time to explore our research, just even looking through at the topics that we publish on, but our events are there, and also resources. We have new curriculum, low expense kind of curriculum. We just released a four-hour course that's interactive online on imposter syndrome for women. And this is, we have never found anyone any like this in the whole United States. So, so, um, and then, then for women that want to return to the workforce, but have been out for a while, we have training on that. So, utwomen.org, um, and there's how to get involved. There's a page on that as well. Perfect. utwomen.org. Thank you so much, Dr. Matson. Okay, we like to do a fresh five when we wrap up these interviews. These are five quick questions. Top of your head, are you ready? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> First one, do you like to read a book or watch a movie? Um, read a book during the day, watch a movie at night. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, number two, what's your favorite food? Oh my gosh. Probably a Cafe Rio pork salad. Yum. I'm with you on that. I love those too. Okay. Number three, are you a road trip person or do you like to be in an airplane? I do a lot of international. So I like both, but I, I do a lot of international. So airplane. Need a plane for that. Sure. Okay. Number four, you're on your perfect vacation. What are you doing? Um, a mix of things. I like to chill some because I'm a busy person. But I also like to hike, and I like to see not necessarily cities as much as countrysides, especially in different countries. Mm, that's good. Mix it up. Okay, last one. What are you most happy about right now? I am happy that I got over the flu. <laughs> good. That's a good thing to be happy about. We're happy Everybody's for you, too. getting sick. I and know. I'm like, finally feeling great. So I have a lot of energy, and I'm, I'm loving that. That's so good. Well, we have a lot of energy talking with you. Dr. Susan Madsen, thank you so much for joining us today. We will be following you. Thank you for all the work you're doing. Thanks so much. Great to talk with you. And thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe. And we will see you next week. Congrats, you made it to the end. If you want to continue to freshen up your day, you can watch us on Fresh Living every weekday on CBS Channel 2 in Utah at 1 o'clock. 
You can also watch us on our YouTube channel, KUTV Fresh Living, and follow us on social media. We will see you next week.